Welcome to the Tap Room Exclusive. I'm Dean Zarbaugh. I'm here at Franklin Brewing Company with uh, Aaron, Mark, and Howard. Uh, and we are chilling here. We are now moving on to the Library Company. This is a fresh hop, a wet hop IPA. Uh, for someone who might not be familiar with that style, what's the difference between a fresh hop IPA and an IPA? Uh, for us, we deal directly with the hop growers. In this case, it's Rustling Bines in Vermilion, Ohio. We stay in contact with them to the point where they're ready to harvest. Okay. We plan our brew days around that to the point where they'll harvest that weekend and we use it that same day. So it doesn't. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, you know, so they're not pelletizing it. It's whole cone. It's still fresh. It's got a much earthier flavor. Uh, a lot of the hops haven't had time to, you know, bitter up yet okay. or go through the processing yet, dry out. Right. Um, so it just creates a whole different balance and complexity with the beer than after it's processed and dried out. Okay. And because uh, I really enjoy fresh hop, wet hop IPAs. Mm-hmm. It's a nice style. I like IPAs in general. That's just one of my styles. Uh, and I've really been enjoying the uh, that the trend of, of fresh hop IPAs. And this one is, is just as good as, as all the other ones that are out there, if not better. Um, really nice, uh, flavorful. It's got, it's got a nice complexity to it. What can people expect uh, when they drink this beer? It's going to be, um, so the beer itself is through and through all Cascade hops. Okay. Grown locally. Um, you know, compare these to Washington. You're going to get different flavors anyways. Yeah. Um, but it's just so refreshing. And a little bit of dirty earthiness to it, but still a little bit of that cascade juiciness, some of the, the fruitiness out of it. Um, really enjoyable. A lot, of, a lot of the regulars that we have come by are not hopheads. They're not IPA mm-hmm. drinkers. They'll leave with growlers of that. Oh, nice. They, they thoroughly enjoy it. Um, you know, it's only coming in. We chalk it out at 60 IBU. It doesn't taste anywhere near that. No, I would not have expected that from from just off the flavor. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice flavor. And that also depends on how we hop it and when we hop it. Okay. In the, in the boil and what we right. do. And basically, I mean, I, I can say out of we – right now we have three steady IPAs that we create. Um, two of them, pretty much all of the IBUs that you're going to see come in like the last 10 minutes of the boil. Okay. So we're not hitting you with that pallet wrecker, you know, right, hey, right, this right. is, I can, I got a coat on my mouth of, you know, hops right. now. You know, we're, we're giving you more of a, a flavor and an aroma. Mm. So when you read and it says, hey, this is 60, 70, 80, 90 IBUs, and you're like, oh, I don't want to try that. And then they do, and it's like, wow, that doesn't taste like that at all. Right. It's, well, because of how we do what we do. Yeah. It's the science and the art aspect of, of uh, brewing. Absolutely. You know, there's that's, that's always kind of been what fascinates me is just how putting something in at a certain time can change the flavors of this, yep. uh, of any beer. Oh, yeah. um, it, like, let's say you, you, you put it in slightly different time. Like, what could change, what could change in the flavor of of that beer yeah i think if we went you know heavier on the um upper half of the boil the longer side of it you would you would get a lot more bitterness out of it a little bit more like a bite yeah absolutely um but you know we have it pretty well balanced throughout it um this was a recipe aaron and i spitballed and came up with we have some standard drop times that we do we know Mm -hmm. what comes out at what times 15 or 20 minutes this one we went a little different on. 
normally we're doing 15 minute drops, you know, spread between 60 and 45 or whatever. Um, this one, we shortened it a little. We kind of did every 10. Okay. Dropped them in just continuously almost. And um, the hops themselves just open up and you taste it through and through. Yeah. You get the, you get the kind of earthy, bitter back end. You get some of that juiciness through the front and on the nose, and then it dissipates, and you want more, and you yeah. just keep drinking it, and you get all that over again each time. Yeah, it makes you want to have another beer. Yeah. It, that's that's another thing that I really like about the style is it's just one of those that, that feeds into itself, like you were saying. And Absolutely. So you just really, after you're done with one, you want another one. And, you know, it's only it's 6.6% ABV. It's not super high ABV. You can have a couple of them. Absolutely. And still not feel like you're... You're losing your head. And, Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, it's going a little too too overboard. Yeah. And, and really, for me, the, the pride of this beer is knowing that we get to talk directly and work with the hop grower. Yeah. You know, we go out on the farm while he's growing um, or he'll call us. Yeah. And be like, hey, I don't know what you guys are doing today. Come on out. I want to show you where we're at with these hops. That's we'll go walk the farm and get to smell the stuff, try the stuff, see where they're at. He explains why they're the size they are and how they're maturing. And yeah. we get the whole experience. And that's a great thing about working local like that is yeah. you get that opportunity where if you're flying to Washington or Oregon all the time, you know, that can get a little costly, uh, first of all. And second of all, you know, that's just that's a long flight. And you got to deal <laughs> with all that so. stuff. And I just yeah. don't want to deal with that. Right. But like getting to be able to just drive over to Vermilion. Yep. And and say, hey, what's going on? Yep. You know, that's that's got to be really cool. And you guys do a lot of local stuff. A lot of your grains and stuff uh, yep. come Absolutely. locally. Yeah. Um, this is almost 100 percent Ohio. 100 percent Ohio, pretty much. Yep. No, yep. Nice. Yep. Um, and, you know, for us, it's, you know, shout out to Steve and Jen at Rustling Binds. Um, you know, we we at Franklin have it's a labor of love for us. It's a lot yeah. of hard work. We're very manual. And then we go out to the farms and see what these people go through to produce the product that we use, that we rely on, and all the work that they have to put in. It's hard work. It, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's it's you like know, the love that they have doing it too. Yeah, it 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 definitely translates into what they're producing. Right. You know, because I mean, like you said, Steve and Jen. I mean, they're they're all about this. I mean, they're we we've talked to other hop growers from Ohio, and they're mm. they're. He is like kind of the go-to guy that they bounce questions off. Oh, of. nice! You know, and he comes to us for things of, hey, I'm thinking of doing this, or I'm thinking of doing this. What do you guys think about this stuff? Yeah. And it's, it's great that we're all so small and so local that we can just interact. Right. And if we go to like Yakima Valley or something, those they don't care. Right. You know, they got 200 acres of hops and they're growing yeah. all these different kinds, and they're like, you want to buy it or not? You yeah. Know? And because we're just not at that size where we can go in and say, look, we'd like you to grow X, Y, Z. But these people and there's other ones that we've we use as well that they're like, well, what would you like us to start growing? Yeah. And then we can start telling them, hey, here's here's what we have. Here's the recipes. And we've actually changed a lot of our recipes so that we can start using more of those local hops. Nice. Rather than picking the proprietary hops that you can only get from New Zealand Mm. or you can only get from the West Coast. You know, I, I'm, we're small and I started this basically out of whatever I had in my pocket. Yeah. And for me to give back to anybody that's local, give back to the community and then to be able to, to share in the same things that they're doing and their dreams that to me, that that's what this is all about. That's what the craft brewing industry is all about. It's not about being the biggest guy on the block. 
it's not about making the best product. It's about making a quality product that people enjoy. And you had mentioned earlier about, you know, it's, 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 you have your neighborhood bars. Mm -hmm. Well, now you have your neighborhood breweries, right? You know, and people want to come in and they want to know that, Hey, I know Mark, I know Aaron, I I know these guys, you know, and I've talked to them and man, I I really enjoy drinking their product. I I like the beers that they make, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, that's, I like that my money goes to them. Exactly. And the more stuff that we do that is local that we can use, it's just, I mean, we use local honey. We use everything. Like I said, there's, there's, there's things that we grow here. Right. You know, at our house that nice. we use and the products that we make. Yeah. You know, and then people come in like yourself and you try it and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And it's like, I appreciate that. Thanks. And I, I grew it right there. Right where you're yeah. standing is where I grew this. That's awesome. You know? And, you know, it's, it's as big of the craft beer boom as is going around right now. Uh, with the breweries, it seems like here in Ohio, there's also this big boom of like hop farms and everybody's, everybody's growing local, local product now and trying to move that, that market more and more hyper local. And it's great to see that. It's great to see, to know that I come into someplace. I know that my money is going to a, a local place, but their money is also going to a local place. So when my money comes into you, you go and take it to a local place too. Well, stupid fact, you know, before, uh, prohibition ohio was a huge hop producer when we made beer and we did things the majority of stuff came from ohio interesting just like some of the other states when prohibition came around and all that stuff kind of petered out those farmers that grew hops couldn't grow hops anymore so they decided to grow other things gotcha and then when prohibition ended those guys were already into soybeans and and, you know at that point when you're making whatever it might have been right so they weren't going to change back because Now you got the people on the West Coast who are like, we've got prime real estate. We've got everything is right where we need it. We're going to grow and we're going to do this. And a lot of that was held by Anheuser-Busch. Ah. And controlling the the hop market and, and all that stuff. So now it's great to see that there are so many brewers and so many breweries popping up all over the country. And now all these people, these farmers are like, you know what? I can make this. I can grow yeah. this here. And people are like, what do you mean you can grow hops in Ohio? What do you, what do you mean you can do that? We used to. Right. And that's the thing that I don't, I don't think people understand is that what we have here is prime for growing a lot of things and doing a lot of things. And you really don't need other people. I mean, right. it, it's great that we have them because yeah. now we can get the more fruity hops. We can get, you know, Mosaic and Eldorado and citra and all these crazy things and these new zealand hops that that the i can't even pronounce their names but you know that's that's amazing but still in this state and the things that we can do we it the local is the way to go and as much as possible that's that's what we do absolutely what uh what's something else you want to get out about this beer that i might have uh, forgotten about the profile or about the the inspiration behind it, uh, any of that sort of jazz. Yeah, definitely for the beer itself, uh, super drinkable. Um, I find it to be a very good introductory beer for people. If they're like, I'm not sure about bitterness mm-hmm. or this or that, we can give this to them and, and compare it to our West Coast, our bifocal IPA, which is a West Coast style, which is super bitter and juicy, and compare the two and show them these are both IPAs. Yeah. You know, you got to kind of... There's a spectrum. Yeah, you got to kind of taste a bunch to, to go through that. Um, regarding the, the beer name, Library Company, you know, we have plenty of fun here at Franklin naming items. Uh, ben Franklin established the first library company in Philadelphia. 
Um, so that that was an easy one for us to yeah. grasp onto. Nice. Um, and we have a lot of names like that that we love. So very cool. Uh, I have a, a new segment I'm doing here on the podcast. You guys are actually my my first time doing this. It's called Woo! it's called Between Two Hops. Uh, it's a little questionnaire I've come up with, kind of like that uh, could be good and it could uh, be bad. It could be it could be either or. It's the first time I'm doing it. We're gonna find out. Uh, it's it was inspired by Inside the Actor Studio, the questionnaire at the end oh, nice. at the oh, end nice. of Inside yeah, the Actor yeah, Studio. Yeah. Uh, so some of those questions are gonna be the same. Uh, some of them are gonna be the different. A little My little taken. Word. <laughs> I was gonna wait for an, I was waiting for an answer here. Uh, First question, and feel free, any of you guys, if you want to answer, what is your favorite style of beer to drink and to brew and why? Uh, my favorite style is a classic IPA, very resiny, piney, heavy on you. Just when I think IPA, I think classical, resiny, mm-hmm. dank, palate record. Palette record. Right. Not only my favorite to drink, but... The amount of hops that go into brewing it is uh, obscene sometimes, which I love, and that that yeah. would, that would certainly be my favorite. Um, actually, I'm a I'm a pilsner guy. Okay, I'm I'm pretty clean. Nice. I, I like that that crisp, clean style. Yeah. Um, it's it's a simple go-to for me. You know, if I I just I love beer, and that there's I don't expect any more than a nice, quaffable drink. Nice. Um, as, as far as something to make, eh, against my better judgment, I, I, I lean with Mark, man. I, right. I, I love making the IPAs. You just, can reserve just, the right to change your mind. Just be, Well, just because of the amount of hops and the amount of things that yeah. we throw into them, it's, it, it just makes it fun. It's just an experiment. Yeah. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, least favorite style to brew or to drink? Um, I don't know if I should really go on record as saying this, but um, I don't care for the spiced ales. Okay. <laughs> There's a there's, <laughs> if we all like the same kind of beer, there'd be only one kind of beer. It, it, exactly. So exactly. you know what I mean. Everybody's got a different taste. There's going to be a different style. Well, for and everybody. that's that whole thing. I mean, we do what we do. We make ours. Is it my go-to? No. But yeah. Very similar. My least favorite would be a pumpkin beer, which okay. is why we don't make one. Gotcha. Period. <laughs> Nor do we plan on it. Done. So. All right. Moving on. Uh, Outside of the profession that you have here as a brewer and your own jobs, what is a profession you would like to attempt? Um, yeah. Musician, man. Musician. I'm a bass player, so that's nice. what I'd love to do. Slapping the bass, man. That's right. Uh, I have an affinity for social uh, environments. <laughs> so, you know, being at bars, running bars, working yeah. in large environments like that, interacting with people, customer services, um, you know, Almost all of my nine to five and my, you know, weekend jobs. Yeah. So just thriving in that environment is, is where I live. And uh, going to the other end again, what would you not like to do? No, I wouldn't be a musician because I don't know how to play anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess the, the the least enjoyment for me would be uh, IT. Ooh, yeah, um, I get I, that. I don't get it. I, I just want to push one button and have it work. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, what hurdles did you personally face opening up and, uh, how did you overcome them? Yeah, I guess, to, to, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. To, to make a, a long answer short, um, paperwork. Yeah. Hurdles. I, I, I could only you know, imagine dealing with the States and that, that's, uh, yeah. this is, uh, some fun stuff now. What is the most interesting trend you've seen in 2018? 
with beer? Uh, for me, the you know a lot of infusions, which I love to see, but then they just go over the top. Right. And you know everything these days is just over the top, and I, I think that's why people enjoy our beer. Perfect. We don't. We we stay right in yeah. standard alcohol limits, not too over the top. Flavor profiles are right there. Mm-hmm. You know, just everything is just so too much, um, and it's nice to dial that back just to have yeah. something enjoyable. Absolutely. Um, so for me, I, I don't see that going away though either. Right. It's just going to get no, bigger I and agree. bigger. And I guess my thing is, um, it's that whole New England yeah. IPA, man. The yeah. Nipahs. It's it's maybe maybe I'm bias or judgmental or whatever but if if you're not from that area how can you make something that is of quality from that area you know right. i mean it just it, it, it's like our our esb i mean we we make what we make but i'm i'm not claiming that we make anything that's remotely close to what they make in england right i've never been there yeah you know and and you know i, I drink some of these things like heady topper and some of the other ones that are from that area and it's like this is amazing right and then i drink some that are from around here or from other places mm-hmm. and it's like yeah I, I don't know why you call it this yeah so yeah absolutely uh and uh what is one piece of practical advice you would give to someone starting out making that starting their own brewery don't <laughs> It's overcrowded. <laughs> no, no, that, that, it's not even that. No, it's just I'm that, um, I guess, to be on a serious side, it's it's far more work than than you would ever realize. Right. Um, you know, you get delusions of grandeur, and you're like, I want to own my own brewery, and I want to do this, and I can make beer, and people enjoy it, and this is going to be great. And then all of a sudden, you get into it, and you're like, there's what? There's paperwork? Yeah. There's, I got to deal with who? For what? For why? You know, yeah. what? It, can I just open the doors and sell beer? No. Yeah. Doesn't work that way. Oh, oh, Howard's got some. The sales and marketing guy is going to chime on in this one. You know, if you're looking to start a business, oh, here we go. especially <laughs> as a brewing company, or really any business, but, you know, we'll keep it in, in brewing. If you want to start a business and this is your goal and you want to try to support yourself or your family and, and actually make money, marketing has to be a forethought. Right. Not an afterthought. And by virtue of what I do for a living, you know, I'm in the printing business. And sure, anybody can print anything. But, you know, I always try to help my customers market and build their brands. And for a lot of companies, whether they're one person or 30 people, they just don't think about marketing. Mm -hmm. And marketing encompasses so many different things. The names of the products that you're making or the beers that you're brewing, the name of your company. Mm. What does your company look like? What does your logo look like? When someone walks into your establishment and someone greets that person coming in, what are they saying and how are they saying what they're saying? That still goes back to marketing. So you got to think about all that stuff. You can't just open the doors and go, okay, where is everybody? It doesn't work that way. So marketing has to be a forethought and not an afterthought. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Uh, if you could send a message to yourself 10 years ago, what would you tell the younger you? Yeah, we're getting deep on these ones. We're going to get deep. Start brewing sooner. <laughs> get going a little bit faster. And find a brewery to work for sooner so you can learn the ins and outs and not have to make all the mistakes that Under your own name. I've made along the way. There you go. However, Mark. those mistakes... Help us learn, right? Yeah, there you go. 
If I went back 10 years from now and was able to talk to myself, I'd say, start making New England IPAs. (laughs) (laughs) Sales and marketing guy is going to chime in again. If you were doing any sort of graphic work, date your files. When When Aaron and I first started this company, I've actually got files on my laptop that have July 2000. Seven. Oh wow! And when I look at those files, my advice to myself would be: come up with some better graphics, right? <laughs> but that—that's part of the learning process. Yeah, absolutely. You just keep going. Yeah, and going. learn from your mistakes. But yeah, date your files. There you go. And yeah, uh, that's, I, was, I was just going to say that's key because there's times I've asked him for things and he'll send me something. This, this was actually years ago, but I, he'd send me something and I look at it and be like, "Dude, is." Is that is the right current? one? And he's like, I don't know. This, this is what I have for the. I'm like, no, we we worked up some other stuff. You yeah, know? We, remember we did this thing. Uh, and and the last question, gentlemen, what or who has been the biggest influence on your brewing career? Uh, I can say for me, it was definitely my father. Um, got me involved at an early age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I was only 18, 19. Um, couldn't buy beer, but right. could buy ingredients. So it that helps. helps. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, just the whole idea of, you know, relax, have a homebrew. You know, the old Charlie quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, enjoy what you're doing. Love what you're doing. And if you want to take it further than that, great. But never lose sight of that base of love and enjoy what it is that you're doing here. You, you know, you're being an artist and you're creating something. Um, I'm not an artist. I'm not a musician. This, this was a great outlet for me. Mm-hmm. To be able to be hands-on and physical yeah. and be able to create something that not only I enjoyed, but other people enjoyed. Right. So that, that was mine, for sure. Yeah, I think as, as, as far as the brewing goes, um, it'd have to be uh, Jerome Wolliver. Okay. From uh, Black Box Brewing. Nice. Um, he had a home brew shop, and after I got my home brew kit, uh, I went in there and started picking his brain. I want to do more things. I want, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to, you know, all these other stuff. And over the years, you know, we became close and friends. And, and he gave me so much advice that it was to this day, I still think of a lot of that stuff. And Mark and I will talk about something. And I'm like, you know, I remember talking to Jerome. And he said, you know, watch out for this or do this mm. or do that. And we'll do things and be like, son of a bitch, he was right. Yeah. You know, and it's just, I, for him, yeah. It definitely when it Absolutely. comes to brewing. Howard? I'm going to say from a marketing standpoint, one of the first guys I really gravitated towards was uh, Sam Cagliolone from Dogfish. Remember when, oh, yeah. he, used, when he had that, that oh, uh, yeah. I can't remember the name of the, well, his book, TV but that, that TV show, Brewing Up a Business. Or, oh, yeah, And you can yeah. watch these things on YouTube. And he's such a likable guy that if you're not a fan, if, if you're a fan of craft beer, and you're not a fan of Dogfish Head, or at least Sam, I, you're not human because he's just <laughs> the coolest guy. Yeah. From the way he brews, from his ideas, from the way he treats his employees, to his ideas and just the way he's willing to experiment. Yeah. And then from a braining standpoint, fatheads. I mean, they make some great beer, but what's pushing them over the edge and really building their brand is the marketing that they right. do. The fathead guy. Yeah. A genius. Absolutely. You can make them look like Santa Claus. Yeah. You can make them look like a leprechaun. You could make them look like a scarecrow. I mean, that's genius marketing. And that's one of the reasons that, again, going back to marketing, if you want to be successful in this business, 
it's got to be a forethought. Lock it down. And the market, look at that, look what they're doing. Yeah. It's a genius. Absolutely. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, agreeing to have me out here and, and feature you guys on the show. Uh, is there anything uh, you want to get out about Franklin Brewing Company before we head out? Stop out 12 to 4 on Saturdays. 12 to 4 on Saturdays. Get your growler filled. Uh, and, yeah, there's a lot of great beer here, so please get out here. Uh, what's the address? 1345 East Avenue. We're actually Carlisle Township. It's on East Avenue. It's As you're going south towards uh, 10 or 480, whatever you want to call it, it's just south of downtown Elyria, but right off 482. So we're not that far away. Follow us on Facebook. Follow, you know, sign up for our email blast. You know, we do email blasts every other week. Very active on, you know, watch our events page. You know, that's where we'll tell you. And, and keep watching us because, you know, we're by no means done. You know, yeah, we're here in a really cool two and a half car pole barn garage, but we are going to grow and we're yeah. going to have a real place where you can come and visit and, and sit and talk and talk with us. And, you know, the coolest thing about doing this is not so much that we're here, but when you hear people tell their stories yeah. about, where they've been or what they do or the beers that they've had. That's to me, that's just when people start talking about their lives and their stories, that's just really cool. And what's better than going to have a beer with a friend. But the cool thing is about what we do is I think people that come here, even if they come alone, they know we're here, right? We've seen posts on our Facebook page. Hey man, these they're cool guys. So, Everybody wants to feel like they belong somewhere. Right. So this is a place, whether it's here, wherever we go to, wherever we open a tape, uh, ta- uh, tap room, tasting room, whatever you want to call it, wherever we go, we want people to know you can come alone yeah. and you're still going to have fun. You're yeah. still going to have great conversation with us or with the other patrons there. And we see this all. I mean, there were people here that didn't even know each other that are engaged in conversation. Nice. That's what it's about. That's hey, man, gotta, let's go have a beer. And that. if you don't have anyone to go have a beer with, you still come here because you can still have a beer with someone. Yeah. Thank you guys all uh, for, for doing this. And uh, tune in next week for another all-new episode of the Taproom Exclusive.